Sentire Media friends of the podcast thank you so much for downloading today's episode on the 24th of march 2019 may it's may thank you <laughs> hello uh it's 502 in the morning that's right you heard it we have been up since uh 3 30 i don't know i popped out of bed this morning me too as you can hear by the speed and the um energy in my voice we are not half asleep no uh, properly caffeinated Properly caffeinated and ready to go. The if you if anyone is interested today, the sun came over the hills at four thirty-five. We know that exactly because Rustino freaking started crowing. We could not believe it. Jason was like, "Go check. Is there a sliver of light outside?" And sure enough, there was. And cock a doodle do, he was going strong right away. So let me set it up. Uh, my name is Jason. Ashley, you just heard from, and together we own and run La Tavola Marche, a little agriturismo down a dirt road in the middle of nowhere called Piobico Italia, and it's our little slice of heaven. Um, early this morning, end of end of May, and um, we're it's interesting if you those of you who listen to the podcast will hear me complain about the weather, <laughs> complain and about how, everything, everything, and how we had no water. And if you listen to me about a month, you were month working and a half on your ago, irrigation system. Yeah, well, everything has changed. It's like it flipped. It's like the spring flipped, and this month of May, end of April, and month of May has been like March, like March, and March was warm and dry. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. For those who haven't listened, this was our kind of warmest, driest winter. We did get a little bit of snow, but not enough, and. Uh, just a dry winter all around. Well, April showers brought more May showers, and it has been wet. It's been wet for about six weeks now, and the garden has nothing in it. I no. mean, it has potatoes in it, and it has some onions in it that we snuck in, um, just kind of really just snuck them in. But I've been sitting there looking. I've, I'm putting in a whole beautiful professional drip system, and I just have tubes laying everywhere because you can't even walk on the garden. Not only that... You were in slight emergency mode come April that we weren't going to have enough water. So you've prepared the house for uh, emergency backup using the sulfur water if thanks, necessary. Thanks <laughs> to the help from Ashley's dad, Marty, we hooked up – we talked about it. We hooked up uh, one of the, the uh, wells that we didn't use for drinking um, and made it possible to run it – filter it out and run it to the house. But, but it doesn't look like that's going to be it's necessary. It's Murphy's Law. It's classic. I love it. And cool. – also, we had our first guests for the season for um, – we kicked off the a week ago with our Made in the Market package. Sold out, full house. It was a great group of guests. And uh, we the day before they arrived, we had all the patio furniture set up. Everything looked great. The lights hung. Jason had the pool freaking opened. And Gaji walks by – or walks by, comes up and was walking around in classic Gaji. Ah. What are you doing with all this uh, stuff out? It's going to pour. <laughs> and I was like, I know, but it has to be out when the guests arrive. It's got to look good and welcoming. And like, it's alive. Not that everything's still put away for winter. And he's like, you're going to ruin your tables. <sighs> the freaking SOB was right. We didn't have, <laughs> we brought out all the, te- all the, f- we, we got nice teak outdoor furniture last year. And for those of you shopping this year for, for outdoor furniture, Teak's awesome. It looks really pretty, but it's really high maintenance. You got to paint that stuff with the uh, UV and the sealant like two or three times during the summer. And I didn't have a chance. We brought it out, and I have all the products here, and I'm they're sitting next to it, and it just wouldn't stop raining or being really windy. 
So I was like, ah, screw it. They have to be out. They have to be out. They have to be out because otherwise the the patio looks empty. So I'm like, screw it. It's it's a week. What could happen? (laughs) I don't know why. One week. One One week. week. Ton Um, of water damage, it feels like. Ton of water damage on the tables. On the tables mostly. Um, So they have no protection. And I thought, well... You know, how much can it do in, in seven days? A lot. It did a lot. It did a lot. I and had to put them away. I the weather report away. has not changed. It's still looking wet and rainy, so they've been brought back inside. <laughs> we have our beautiful outdoor um, uh, little patio area. area yeah, our new lounge. Uh, no, we haven't even brought out the cushions for nope. that yet. So this is true throughout most of Italy. We There's this weird trough of air being pulled down from the north, and it just keeps bat- – it's like we've watched it. Just this storm just keeps circling over mm-hmm. the peninsula. So that's what's going on weather-wise around here. Not too happy. <laughs> I thought I was going to get into the garden today, but last night it poured again. Ooh, anyone interested in the weather in Europe, check out – I love on Facebook, Severe Weather Europe. Just a little plug. It's a cool one to follow. Great pics and – um Really interesting cloud formations and weather reports for what's going on out here. Um, So what else is going on? Jason had some friends in town, and it gave us the opportunity to do something we haven't done in a long time. A staycation. Staycation. We were trying to figure out where to take everyone and and where to go, and and what we kind of forget sometimes is – there's hello. a lot to do. Hello, people come to our house to go on their vacations all the time. Why are we think we have to drive hours? So we just did a kind of within an hour's drive of our house uh, things to do. And I had a blast. It was fun. We went up to Urbino, which we've talked about before. This is where the Duke's Palace, the Duke who reigned over Montefeltro, which is the um, northern Marque area that we live in. And it's a beautiful, stunning UNESCO World Heritage Site. And in the freaking 12 years we've been here, we're not humongous museum people. We finally I, I, hold were. On, hold okay. On. <laughs> I am. But every time we go to a museum, I'm not allowed to read any of the... We have to keep it moving. Oh, it's all my fault. <laughs> no, I just feel like I'm always rushed. And when I want to read the little plaques or whatever, it's always like, come on, come on. Well, yeah, let's keep it moving. But so we thought, all right, let's pop into the um, Palazzo Ducale, the Duke's Palace, which is the National Gallery as well. And on the first floor, the ground floor, it's a open, free exhibit. And it just this... It's just stunning. There's incredible stones and artifacts. There's I don't even know. I don't know. know. We spent we killed we killed an hour just and walking just the around. gardens yeah. in there. It was so pretty. You can go, buy tickets and go tour the whole palace. But they had I don't know a thousand high schoolers or kids that day, and it was like oh, I don't want to. Like, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> but it, it was great. The first floor, and then you can go to the gift shop, and you feel like you went there. Exactly. Actually, we did go there. And then another great thing in Urbino is to walk up, take the hike to the top of the city and go to the fortress. It's just such a great – it's a park up at the top overlooking the city and it's the old fortress. And it's just a great spot to kind of chill. You could bring up a lunch, some beers or wine, sit under the trees. What? I'm just thinking about how – I'm just remembering. I forget that we live where all these little towns are hilltop towns. Yes. And you park at the bottom – Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. It's allergy season, so I'm coughing up a storm. Jason can't stop sneezing. Bear with us. Thank you. Um, You park at the bottom and you walk up and you walk up and it's just hill. It's hilltop town. And when you have friends or people from out of town, I forget that 
it's it's not like I. Just, oh, there's a lot of hills here. It's like, <laughs> it's uh, like, yeah. After a while, you take all. They're like, oh, another hilltop town, huh? It's like, well, that's central. We're Italy. going up again. <laughs> yeah, they're all built on the top of hills. <laughs> oh my gosh, and um, so there, so there was a little a little complaining about. There that. is well. <laughs> Urbino is pretty steep, but so it was Gubbio. Well, that, that's what I was going to say as well. Um, after Urbino, a great kind of detour coming back to our farmhouse, taking a little long way home is through the Furlough Gorge. We do that every once in a while. It's a place, um, it's where the, you can, the road between Rome and Fano is the Via Flaminia, old Roman road. And the highway, uh, now kind of detours off that original road. And if you get off the expressway heading towards Fano or coming back towards our house, you can take this uh, little, at one point it drops down to a one lane road along the river, the Candeliano river, the same river that's along our house that just gets wide and swollen down there. And you are in this uh, fantastic nature reserve. You go through a tunnel that was chiseled out by the Romans. You see an old Roman bridge. The, Roman slaves, let's be honest. This is true. And you're, it's set in this deep gorge, and it's just stunning. Um, when you come out, there's um, a – I don't know what the name of that church is. We Every time – I have no idea. I know. The Furlow Church. Yeah. I see it on the side there. It's San Cristanzo. Whatever. It's this big white church that is built in 1052, and it's more – it doesn't. It's not the Roman Catholic feel. It's more of the like, hey, we kill, we we sacrifice there was virgins some pagan, on that altar. Yeah, there was there were sacrifices on that altar oh, for sure. Absolutely. And there's a fantastic park right there where you could stop and have um, like a little piadina beer, sit in the shade, um, go put your feet in the river. It's a really cool spot. Whether it's um, let the kids run around or as adults, just kind of chill and we we stopped there and had a had a beer and i forgot how nice it is just Mm -hmm. to sit there and have a drink and you know there were a few people there it wasn't crazy it wasn't the weekend but it was really really nice it was so and then another day we went the opposite direction about the same time it's about 45 minutes to get to urbino depending on how how uh formula one you drive the the roads in the same distance to Gubbio, just the opposite direction. Gubbio is in Umbria. We've talked about it before. We were there at Christmas time for the lighting of the huge, quote unquote, world's largest Christmas tree. That's another story. But um, Gubbio is great. We send guests there a lot, and we've never had anyone come back that didn't enjoy it. It's a lovely city to wander about. It's kind of, um, it's still a walled city, but it's a bit more sprawling in the way. Um, it's not quite so tight all around one main piazza, if you will. Yeah, kind of. You know, yeah. it's a bit more, you kind of climb your way up. Again, Hilltown. Yeah. Oh, beautiful Roman amphitheater that you drive right it's by. It's at the parking lot. Yeah. It's just- <laughs> That's the best part of Italy. Where do you park? Oh, at that um, stunning Roman amphitheater. That's that's the parking lot right there. Um, but we did something that one of our guests had suggested it, and I think it was Dee Dee and Chris. And they had told us years ago that they had taken the little, I think they called it like the little cable car. and It's a vernacular. Vernacular, exactly. Um, from Gubbio up to the top of the, because Gubbio set in the Apennine Mountains and 
like into the wall of it. And you take this vinicular up to the top. How many meters do you remember? How high up I you go? I don't remember. It's a good ride, though. <laughs> and this vinicular is um, not. Oh. It's, per- oh. it's not It's not scary, like, rickety. But it's definitely Italian. Like, it's, it's no. Um, we just did one of these in the Alps. And this is the, that one was like a ski lift, luxury lift. And this was like a cage you jump into. They, they don't. They slow it down, but don't stop it. And you no. kind of you hop know, in. You have to have three, four quick steps, and you kind of hop into it. It's fun. It's cool. I liked it. If you are above the age, I think of sixty or sixty-five, they'll stop. They'll it. stop it for you. Um, or, but you click your way up to the top, slowly stopping here and there. It is at certain points really close to the edge of the wall. Of the mountain. It was great. We went up um, again, another, of course, what is up at the top? But another uh, church. Another hill. Another hill and another church. But um, the, up there is where, so every year they have a lot of these um, different kind of festivals and they were getting ready to do what What? What was the. I forget what it's called. We um, never, guys, we never have any. No, you're going to have to look it up. Palio, P A L I O, is a race. It's a and race. they do these races all over Italy. Whether it's uh, the horse racing in Siena that's super famous or they have frog races in our area, anything in between. And in Gubbio, they have a very famous race where they take these three massive wooden candles, candlestick things. Yeah, candlesticks. I don't even know if they're candlesticks. I mean, who knows well, what called, they really they're are? They're called paraffina. Some they're called. Yeah, I, what, I don't even know. They're giant. But they're and super it takes giant like and ten heavy. Guys, to hold the holder that then this like candlestick that must weigh almost a ton. like an obelisk, like yeah. a mini obelisk, and then they from I think they either bring it down from the top down, yeah. Yeah, they from bring it all the way down to the piazza, and they have to carry this thing. It, it's a race down. It's insane. And <laughs> so up at the church at the top, we saw the big, huge, three famous candlestick things. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, look it up. Look it up. Google look it. it. Look Google it. it. Google it. Google. Uh, they were getting ready to do it in all the for all the different neighborhoods mm-hmm. had their flags out. Um, Gubbio's a fun, fun it town. It is. It is. So staycations are nice. We even just went to our little neighboring town, Urbana, which we're in everyday grocery shopping to the hardware store doing the runaround. But we rarely just go in to stop at the Enoteca and have a drink, go visit our friends at the pottery shop. It just kind of stroll around taking Instagram photos. Let's <laughs> try to get your attention. Jesus. Uh, goings on and happenings in Italy. Let's see. Um, uh, end of the month here is the – actually, it starts today, I believe. Twenty. No. Yeah, starts today. Uh, Euro, uh, European elections and local elections for Italy are going on. And I, we don't talk politics, but – uh, it is a little bit of <laughs> daily life because all the um, the posters and banners for all the different candidates are going up, and they like erect these um, billboards like in the middle, like in front of town, uh, the, post, the office, post office, town hall, to put them up. You see a lot of ads for with guys, women, and men kissing babies, and, and it's all photo op. Yeah, they're showing in, Facebook's full of the mayor showing what he did throughout the last year and stuff and oh don't forget i put this i put this in and uh it's it's just kind of very hysterical small time my favorite part is they still do this is a <laughs> this day is or true. two before the election they will have some like 
crappy little van with a loudspeaker on it and someone goes through town shouting into it i have no idea what they're saying because it's so turned up and over modulated that you can't understand a word but they're making some kind of announcement for exactly one last uh poll i know you've talked about it before but tell quickly the story of um, one of the years when Giorgio Moki was running and the lineup of people. Well, we shouldn't say names. It's okay. okay. It's, our, well, it's our mayor. Okay. Um, our, one of our first years, I'll remember it. It was right around this time of year and they were doing the voting. And I remember seeing uh, uh, our mayor walking through P.O.B.C.O., like doing the whole politician handshake thing. And I remember him sitting down at one of the cafes and like kind of an informal line starting up. <laughs> And I was like, I was very curious about this because it wasn't like people were cued like you're signing books or something. Mm-hmm. But you could see like six or eight people were all kind of milling about. And when one person would shake his hand and walk away, the next person would kind of sit down. So there was something going on. And I tried to kind of get over and over here and, and see. And it was basically the townspeople doing the quid pro quo, like – you're Just fixing so the road, right? You're fixing the road. I'm voting for you, and you're going to fix the road, yeah? <laughs> or whatever their problem The light or, that's out on my street. Or whatever they wanted. And it was really funny seeing this kind of – this whole thing going down that there was an agreement that, okay, I'm going to give you my vote, but you're going to do this, right? Exactly. Um and that's it's just so small town. We don't we never saw that in Brooklyn. No, uh, that was behind not. closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> and um I'm sure there's a I'm sure this is stifling for our communities this kind of oh. system, but Well, hopefully it it's is. working because this could be why we've seen some action on the road closure. If, yes. So pass we we've talked about this before after our road the short after our house. house, sorry, the shortcut to Sant'Angelo or Apecchio, the road totally fell out a year over Last a year fall. ago, yeah. Um, nothing has happened. They just put up cement barriers, nothing. Well, the last six weeks, lo and behold, there's a giant digger that dug out side of a hill. Um, there's been giant machines coming up and down. Um, and then yesterday I'm in the garden and I see a, a flatbed truck with the two, uh, barrier, cement barriers that were on either the blocking. Yeah. Blocking the, the, the fallout in the road. And I thought, Oh my God. Are we back open? Where are you going? Are we I back mean, there's open? been a lot of buzz in town that the road's getting back open, but it was like, I... <laughs> so we hold hop, your horses. We hop I don't in know. the car and go down there. And what they did is they got rid of the cement barriers, but now they put a chain and they have dug into the side and kind of made it. There's a good 20 centimeters a foot of mud. Like, oh, deep. Deep. Uh, it is, if you have a four wheel driver, a hardcore, you know, little uh, uh, hunting car you could pass on this new makeshift road if but, you're a guest arriving for the first time at la table Marque, you do not want this to be your arrival so we want to know what's going on are they going to keep going are they done is this a because p- the people who live on that side are absolutely furious <laughs> is this a cheap fix um because it's around voting it's a it's around the elections like all right Hey, we could do a little action. Hey, see, see. Like, hey, you know, we're in a place where there's 2,000 people here. So if you have seven or eight people who are 
want to raise a stink, that's something. Those are numbers. Those are numbers. So do you do something to appease those seven or eight people? And all they did is, I swear to God, it's a death trap. You can, it's going to fall again. I know. And it's with a lock. So do you give the people that just have to get back and forth the key and say, you know, (laughs) Jace was like, I need a key. How do we get this? I need a key. We could do it. We could do it in our little crappy car. Oh my gosh. But it's hysterical. I know. I, I want to see why. Why all of a sudden is there all of a sudden snap to action? And classic as well. We've had all of this spring rain, the road work that was done throughout our road in the winter of covering the 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 holes with the uh, just the gravel like they freaking do every year. All gone. All gone. Yeah. All washed out. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, we barely had our first guests, and the the holes are back. Classic. Um, but it's not all we. It's not all bad out here. The uh, oh no, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Everything's really green, mm-hmm. and I'm not scared that we're going to run out of water in August anymore. It's just no. And this year, um, we have a ton of woodpeckers everywhere. Little Ooh. baby woodpeckers. Well, woodpecker is the national or the regional bird, the regional symbol. Um, they're funny. They have mohawks. Yeah, and they're everywhere this year. The little ones. It's kind of cute. We're just hoping the cats. Uh, keep their distance. <laughs> um, final update. Uh, the tractor. Oh, yeah. Supposedly it's coming. We got an email yesterday. Sure. Real loosey-goosey. Just, yeah. I was like, any updates? We haven't heard from you guys. And uh, just a little, yeah. Should so be there next week. Allegedly, we have an accordo <laughs> with uh, a... a um, Collaboration. Collaboration with New Holland, and we're going to be getting one of uh, New Holland tractor. And the ironic part is it will come as soon as the whole garden's in and all everything is set for the summer. And you It's going to be a zero-kilometer tractor. <laughs> it's not going to get a lot of use. I, need, I needed a tractor two months ago. Seriously. But um, it's coming. It's coming, as is Christmas. Uh, since June is coming close and we don't do very consistent podcasts um we thought we would do one for the dads and grads dads and grads um (laughs) i love it um everyone's doing all of these father's day gift lists and i thought let's throw one up as well and especially because we have our wood oven workshops and uh let's do this one for the pizza making dad yep wood oven workshop coming up and it's on the tip of our tongue because we are doing the maintenance for the wood oven exactly and um so what are some of the basics i know everyone if you've got a wood oven out there you've got your peel you've got your brush things like that number one thing if you are pizza making whether you have a wood oven or not oh Okay, this is a great one, and it's simple and it's cheap. Is a sack of semolina. What is semolina? <laughs> semolina is grano duro, hard wheat, and I use semolina when I dust my boards for pizza and pasta for two reasons. One, it's a much coarser grind than flour, so it does not impart itself into the dough. Meaning, if you use flour and work and you're rolling out your pizza dough, it will go into the dough, and you'll if it's if you're if you do it really bad, your dough will start cracking on the edges just because it gets so dried out. Um, and number two is uh, flour and cornmeal tend to stick to the pizza. And if they burn, will you'll have burned cornmeal and flour in the pizza where semolina, uh, when it burns, it sticks to the oven. And the pizza comes away clean. So big tip. We big, get that is a, one of the number one questions we get for any of the pizza nights, classes, videos. What is he dusting on the board? Semolina, not regular flour and not cornmeal. Cornmeal, not only is cornmeal um, stick to the dough, t- it just goes right into it. Um, it just, it's 
stupid. It reminds me of like Pizza Hut or like Domino's. <laughs> another one, another great gift idea, whether you have a pizza oven or not, or you're just using a stone in your oven or your barbecue, is the boxes. What do you rise your, what do you do your proof in for your, for your dough or what do you keep them in to um, proof the, for the final proof in the balls? Um, I have there, it's called, the company is called Lexan and uh, they make a whole range of absolutely the coolest, indestructible, awesomest, um, heavy there. I won't even want to call them plastic because it's not, the material they're made out of is not called plastic. It's called Lexan. And um, they're just the hardcore containers for professional kitchens. Uh, go on and check it out. And these will be the last of of these kind of containers, whether they're like for leftovers or for the pe- – they make pizza boxes as well. Um, it's just much more convenient. If you have a, a dad or a grad <laughs> – God, I hate that. I know you do. Um, who does a lot of pizza making, This it's it's really a good thing. And you can proof the – you can do the bulk rise in these. Uh, that You've seen them in the pizza places. Exactly. They're white. That's what I was just going to say. As soon as you look this up, you will go, I've seen this everywhere. Whether it's at Costco, um, near the bakery, you yeah. know, or in – They're white. They stack. They have a lid on the top. They're made out of indestructible, heavy plastic. It's – it's a it's a good uh, it's a good gift. It is a good gift. Um, one of my favorite things on this list. This is now you need the oven or I guess your barbecue, but it's called Stickin, and this is a Swedish made um, wood slicer. I wouldn't say chipper because no, it's, it's not into chips. Kindling kindling maker. Yeah. What it is is it's. It's basically think of a um, you bolt it to the, the wall. Remember the paper cutters that the teacher had back yes. in grade school with the yes. big, take that knife that the paper cutters on that knife and put it vertical and attach it to your and wall. attach it to your wall and put steps where you put the little piece of wood and instead of using a hatchet because Ashley saw that I was definitely gonna I was gonna lose <laughs> fingers because I would cut the kindling by just you know putting the little piece oh of wood God. vertically and taking the hatchet and ding. Move, ding. Um, this basically does that, but without the the uh, potential loss of fingers. And it's uh, not sharp when you go to touch it. No, it's not a sharp blade. So it's blade. something it's, that kids could use if um, they were tra- shown how. It's Swedish. There is a distributor in the States. It's not cheap. It's about 200 euro dollars, but this is a giant piece of iron. Oh, you'll have it forever. We've had it for 10 years. It's works as good as today as it did the first day. And why is this a good thing to have? Um, Because you need, because one common mistake that I see is um, when people have an outdoor wood oven is they throw logs on constantly and you can't throw logs on. In fact, here I can get wood ordered. That's for a pizzaiolo for the pizza maker. And it'll be different gauges of sticks from a larger gauge to a smaller gauge um, because the logs ha- store a lot of energy, but they don't give you quick – they don't release the heat quick. So you need a bunch of different sizes of wood, and the sticking can take a nice chunk of wood and slice it for starting fires or for the pizza oven as mm-hmm. well. And you'll have all your fingers. It'll be great. Exactly. I love that one. Um, the next one on the list is – on this list because you use it for pizza, but you use this for everything. Yeah. This is an indispensable item in the kitchen. Every time you start cooking, you should have this next to you. And it's called a bench knife or a dough scraper. And it is a dull uh, stainless steel, a dull edge um, with a, with a uh, handle on the top. You can go to the fancy store, uh, whatever your fancy kitchen store and spend about 
30 euros, dollars, or you can go to the uh, hardware store and go to the paint section, and you'll find them there as well. And these are for cutting in um, corners or something, and it, it, it's about, I don't know, 15 centimeters, about six inches. Um, it's a rigid back with plastic, and it's got a dull edge on the front. And this is great cleaning off your board, grabbing your your dough balls because if you go to pick up your dough balls with a hand, you'll you'll smush the air out of them. So you, you use this to kind of get under them and exactly. bring them to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, another cheapy great gift for someone who makes a lot of pizza. Or uh, doesn't even make pizza. Exactly. <laughs> um, this next one, I don't even know what you would call it. Trivets? Um, stands? We've got these made for our wood oven. Um, they're easily found in our hardware stores here. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you cook in the wood oven and you do roasts or something that you don't want the pan or pot to be on the bottom of the oven because it's too hot, um, we have uh, these iron – what do you call them? I know. Stands, stands, sure. It's uh, it's it's just a circle of iron with three legs or four legs on it, and it goes on the bottom of the oven, and you put your pot on top of that. You can achieve the same thing with just putting it up on fire bricks. But I like this because air passes underneath, so you get the whereas the fire bricks will conduct the heat up through. I mean, I guess the metal will too eventually, but it's less metal on the pot than setting it on fire bricks, which is just like setting it on the bottom of your oven. And probably the best gift of all is. A trip out here to our wood oven workshop. <laughs> we have a few spaces left, 3 to 6 July and 4 to 7 September, and we'd love to have you out. We'll go over all of the ways we've talked about before, but regulating the heat, um, utilizing the uh, oven at about four different temperatures to really maximize the usage of why we're firing this thing up to begin with. It's not just for pizza. We've noticed a lot of... Um, wives in particular for the wood oven workshop the husbands seem to think oh i make pizza i'm great at that i just need to figure out a few other things and the wives are like the pizza is not great it's not round or problems with the dough um why are why is the shape so wonky or you're not able to roll it out properly we'll go over all of that as well uh, not only that cook using the the oven in different temperatures and before you go out please if you're in if you're looking at doing this and you're going to spend thousands and thousands of euros or dollars or whatever putting in this gorgeous oven and then you don't have a clue how to use it seriously I, we follow a bunch of groups on yeah, facebook it's amazing how many people and they're gorgeous gorgeous ovens. oh and they spend the money on all the tools and, and well the less you know the more gadgets you buy i mean mm-hmm. look at this in the kitchen here's what's really interesting in the kitchen, I f- find the place where quality and price come together. But for stuff like tools for like the garage, like I go way overboard on the quality that I need because I'm an amateur. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. But in the kitchen, I do know what I'm doing, and I know that's too much to spend for that. So it's interesting how the more, the less you know, the more crap you buy to try to help you out. Mm-hmm. The more you know, it's like gee, I could do, just give me a knife and get out. You know, it's also a little shiny. It is shiny. <laughs> so please, if you're going to spend all that money. Whether you come out to our our workshop or not, do a little research on yeah. how to use this oven. And just remember, there is a steep learning curve. And you can break your oven if you do not know what you're doing. It'll never be the same. Believe you me. I'm searching Europe for <laughs> a product to fix mine. <laughs> done and done. You, you learned the hard way for sure. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'll put it out there. If anyone's in construction or knows of – can point me in the right direction because I can't find anything other than refractory cement here in Italy or here in my area, I should say. 
we, I have a problem that I have uh, cracks going through my oven because I heated the oven improperly coming out of the winter for many years. Um, and not only that, the, in the joints, the refractory cement that I put in falls out every single year and, and just doesn't, I have, um, now, now, uh, basically think of it as like, um, giant escape hatches for heat. So, uh, wood ovens really a heat sponge. You, you heat it up by, you cook everything by s- having the stone suck in the heat. And if the heat, the stone is cracked, just like water, heat will find a way out. And it, there's a preference. We've talked about it. Yeah, that. yeah. You don't have to get into it. Okay. Um, anyway. I was if, just going to say, wrap it up. Knows a product because <laughs> I, I can't get in from the top, I have to go from the inside the oven because it's in the, it's actually built into the building. Um, so if anyone knows a product that is heat resistant, that I can actually refinish the entire inside of the oven to get the heat seal again, please let me know. All right. Hopefully we'll get some, yeah, I uh, doubt it. I doubt it. It's going to be something that, that is great, unavailable in Europe. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. There's this brand new product here that we just, yeah, of course. No, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I can get refractory cement and that's it. Seriously, Becky, what is it? Um, uh, cream of tartar and we just found out that bicarbonate and something else also is at the hardware or at the pharmacy epsom salt bicarbonate's baking soda no i know i mean i'm sorry epsom salt was only available at the pharmacy pharmacy. (laughs) and epsom salt epsom salt in italy is called sala inglese english salt i had no idea i know learn something new every day there you go word of the day (laughs) it is available at the pharmacy um, what else is going on? I think that's about it for today's podcast. We've got to get, um, the sun is up. I can see outside exactly. now. So it's time to get to work. We've been raring to go and now it's time. We've got some painting to do and planting the rest of my garden flowers and yeah. getting rid of the car. Oh, oh, today goes away. Our first car. So the ship box, the ship box we got when we first moved here, my first brand new car ever was a Hyundai i10 EDHE, very little tiny toaster car and today she's going to be destroyed i rolled her down a hill we've driven her all over europe how many miles i don't know the odometer keeps resetting (laughs) we're probably in the three hundred thousand kilometer mark i i I hate to say it like this but dude that car ran ran forever the the hyundai makes good and i'm just sad i I don't want to see it go but um, the, the front end is held on by yeah the everything um, the wait, motor zip ties motor runs great but the suspension everything I mean this road just destroyed her but um it's the insurance and the um red, and the road tax expires at the end of the month and I don't want to pay for it again because it's not gonna be worth it and we're gonna go we have to take her in to be crushed I know it's I'll be crushed sad. I want I kind of want to just uh, see if we can just turn in the license plates and keep the keep the car and turn it and get our like um i just feel like i really should have a bunch of broken down crappy cars in my driveway start collecting start collecting i, I like need mach- rusty machinery and mm-hmm. broken cars mm-hmm. littering i gotta bust it i can put i got a busted rider we can put it next to perfect and that um and the wheelbarrow the, the wheelbarrow and down there i've got a uh rototiller with the motor out we've got a little collection welcome to napoli oklahoma <laughs> god <laughs> All right, that's it. We got to go. Yep. Have a great day. Um, You know where to find us, latavolamarche.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. We hope to see you sometime this summer or fall at our farmhouse. Ciao, ciao. All right.
Sentire Media. Hey podcast producers and show hosts, do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.